Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lou Tolles, founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. Keep the music flowing. We'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Hey, 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 hey. How feeling? Journey through the stories that define the artists playing Bonnaroo. Who are they? What are they? What will you see? The what? Which bands? This year that matter Yay. with Brad Steiner and Barry Corder. A uh, podcast for Bonnaroovians by Bonnaroovians. Welcome to the what podcast. I'm Brad. It's Barry. Lord Taco along for the ride. Uh, not in. You're not in the bus this time, but Barry. You've got your own. No, setup. I thought we'd go really? back to Camp Nut Butter since okay. it's you know it's Bonnaroo week. Is it? It's happening, <laughs> man. It's happening. Haven't you heard? Uh, it was something that we talked about for a long time. Why weren't they? doing a certain thing why were they doing virtual stuff why weren't they pushing uh, content out well you know they finally they did it and they did it really quickly uh it seems like it came out of nowhere and it's happening this weekend starting thursday the 24th yeah thursday friday saturday they're gonna have some uh some classic old shows beastie boys killer i can't wait to see that james brown i can't wait to see um yeah so yeah, Dave I mean, Matthews, uh, probably it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, but in 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 honor of that, we wanted to talk to our old friend Jeff Quayar from uh, AC Entertainment and uh, the the Bonnaroo Festival. But you know, there's a lot more stuff to talk to him about, and um, hopefully, he answers a few things because we've got a lot of questions. Uh, what in the world is happening in the world? And I think Jeff Quayar is as good as it gets to try and answer some of it, especially okay. from from what's going on inside that building. Absolutely. And you and I have both hinted and talked and whatever about uh, for the last six months that we talked to people sort of on the, you know, QT, the side, nobody official. So this is really the first guest I think that we've had on the show that can directly speak to what has happened over the last six months. And I have to say, I don't know that there were any surprises. I think he just confirmed everything that you and I have been saying and thinking and and talked about, which is that it's a very complicated time and there are a lot of moving parts. And um, he's, you know, uh, we've said it before. I've said it before. That first time he was on with us was a huge eye opening. Yeah. It really changed the whole direction of of what we did with this, this podcast. And we thought we were just going to sit around and talk about bands that we like. And then it turned out like, Oh, I know why we, we want to talk about the electricity. Yeah, uh, we want to know how they keep the lights on. They planted um, grass. Yeah, they planted grass. Yeah, the the nuts and bolts, and uh, and uh, I think he's I think he's terrific at sharing that with us, and uh, he gives us a lot of good information. 
Yeah, and then when we repeat the information back to his coworkers, they're all like, he said what? He said what? <laughs> Why did he say that? <laughs> told you what? <laughs> all right, here we go. Let's do it. Sorry. Jeff Cuellar from AC Entertainment. Uh, let's bring him on to the What Podcast. Welcome back, Jeff. How are you? Hanging in there. Yeah, are you? Uh, you got a, got a little bit of uh, information for us here in the last couple of days, huh? Yeah, we've got, you know, we've got a... We've got a virtual festival that uh, that we're that we're gonna have. I wonder why we would need to do that. <laughs> I, you know, we just thought it'd be uh, you just shake things up a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. something different. You know, going yeah. back to the farm every year. Let's 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 try something Boring. new. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I interviewed uh, Kevin Kenny uh, for the paper a couple of weeks ago, and I, you know, in my usual smart ass way, I was like, "So, my first question. So, how's your summer been?" Yeah. <laughs> Thinking. And he went for like 10 minutes, <laughs> you know, very serious, uh, talked about recording new stuff and all this. And so I was going to ask Jeff, so how's your summer been? You've been busy? Uh, been been very busy, actually. It's actually, it's, it's funny to think that, you know, the first part of the summer uh, or first part of the year was more or less dedicated to shifting and figuring out, you know, what can happen, what's possible how can we make that stuff happen? Okay, we can't make that happen, so then what's up next? And we kind of always have had the idea of doing something along these lines, period. And so let's just say we, you know, forced to, to, to fast forward that and uh, and really pay attention to, you know, kind of what's going out there. But I think we had a little bit of luxury of knowing that the festival was, you know, since we were able to move dates to September, uh, it gave us a time to step back and, and really evaluate, one, are we going to be able to pull it off this year? And then two, if we can't, what do we want to do? And how do we want to do it the Bonnaroo way? I, I want to talk about reality uh, that's coming up here a little bit in a, in a bit, but I, I want to go backwards for a second, especially when it comes to, you know, you're looking at the country and the environment and first of March and uh, you know Bonnaroo was essentially one of the last ones to call it you know one of the last ones to, to pull the plug really definitely one of the last ones to reschedule um, go through the process and where you, your mind was at least did you in March say to yourself uh, when you saw Coachella go did you say to yourself this isn't happening or were you still trying to hold out hope and, and rearrange your mind to <laughs> You know, well, this could work, and then that could work. It, it, it all depends on, on on which moment I blinked uh, to determine yeah. to, to kind of give you that answer. I mean, it, yeah, there definitely was an ominous feeling that you know this is it's not going to happen. Um, but there was also the the wait and see. You know, what what are we really dealing with here, and and how um, how will the country and how will, you know our, our lawmakers and how will the you know science. Um, react and what are we really dealing with so i think for a lot of it you, you know you were kind of paying attention to what was going on overseas but really is that going to you know to impact us and you know for you know for i'd say a good number of us we're focused on the physical festival at that point tommy when you're in march right. i mean even in february we're we're in the thick of it we're dealing with a sold out event so mm -hmm. we had a lot of there were, I don't want to say changes, but there were a lot of operational pieces that we were had been working on um, that were were kind of you know kind of almost put your blinders on a little bit uh, from you know adding roads to uh, you know fabrication of structures to just a lot of the pieces and kind of clean up to get into it because once you know the the I say the positive side of once you know you've got a sold out event 
and you're, you're walking into that year, some of that decision-making changes in, in terms of how you budget, how you look at things. So there was a lot of that. And then once we realized, and I think some of the other decision-making, I mean, granted, you know, I think Coachella was forced, obviously, to make a decision early because the festival was earlier in the year. So with new science and, and information coming on a daily basis, we didn't want to jump to conclusions too early. Plus, for other events that, that made different decisions, they, some of them hadn't released lineups yet. You know, some mm -hmm. of them hadn't hadn't even gone on sale yet. If they had, they were very early in, in, in the cycle. We were dealing with a sold out event, so it was how do what is the best way to make sure we have a safe event, and then how do we ensure that we're able to maintain the fan experience and, and everything. You know, all of those domino pieces moving forward. Before you know, we're ultimately, you know, forced to make a decision on. Um, the actual moving of the event and we felt and, like when we made that decision it was the right time for us and the right time to kind of make that decision for our fans in terms of preserving what we all know and love about Bonnaroo. but up until the moment it was announced was there a question was it was there a possibility that you could have made this at were you guys going back and forth up until the moment it was announced or did you really feel it sometime in june or july well, and let me add to that because just to just because this is really the first time jeff that I mean, Brad and I and, and Russ obviously have been talking about this since March, mm -hmm. uh, but this is the first time that we've really had uh, you, you know, somebody who was in the in the room, so to speak. What was that like? Because, you know, I've been writing about it as a reporter, and it it was what you knew, what you thought you knew at eight in the morning, <laughs> completely changed at ten, and then again at noon like every day right i mean that's yes. the way it looked from from where i was so talk about that and really um has it changed i mean does it still feel like that it, it does in a way uh but i i would say you're right you know what you wake up to in the morning was definitely different by lunch and then probably changed four more times before dinner yeah. uh and then overnight you know the, the conversations it was it was ever evolving and I think the bigger challenge is everyone wanted answers and we took the standpoint of like we're not the experts from from you know the medical community from the scientific community we needed to wait and hear from them additionally you need to wait and hear from from lawmakers because there you know a certain amount of permitting process that goes along with producing a large-scale event especially one on the scale of bonnaroo and so what are you or aren't you allowed, you know gonna, going to be allowed to do and you know they were struggling to make decisions because everything's changing so fast and you know no one wants to sometimes make that difficult call but i think once we realized that there was not going to be a shot to play in june like this thing is is there's just you know it's not going to happen uh prior to that we had already started looking at what is our backup plan and can we move it and then going through all of the uh the traps or the process to determine okay if now we're going to focus on this date. Let's make sure all of the major pieces can be aligned in order to move it. And then two, I would say even like the secondary and tertiary pieces behind that, because as, as you know, it's not it's not just like opening an amphitheater. I mean, they're, yeah. they're you know, from conversations, Department of Transportation to other permitting organizations, uh, traffic control, all of that changes when you change the time frame. Uh, and what we were looking at specifically, obviously, changing the date to September, schools in session. And what does that mean? And how is that going to, how is that going to impact our audience, knowing that you've got 
uh, you know, large number of, uh, of our population or our patrons, um, Bonnerubians that, that are in college and uh, or have may have small children and have to send them back to school. So what is that going to look like? So there definitely was it was not an easy decision to be made because of all of the factors that had to be considered to be able to make it happen. And when we finally ran through all of the traps and said, okay, operationally, logistically from a, um, you know, a booking standpoint, we can make this move. Um, you know, through, then, then it was, you know, parallel pathing that piece with, are, are we able to present Bonnaroo? So take, let's take the, like the functional decision-making off the table. Can we present Bonnaroo in a way that is still Bonnaroo? So if it's not in the summer, will we have the leeway with our fans, um, our, our staff, with our, our uh, artists to be able to still deliver the Bonnaroo experience? And, you know, I, I would say that was the last piece that we kind of almost had to overcome was feeling like, yes, we can still deliver. So I, functionally, we can make all the pieces happen. But will it still be Bonnaroo? And kind of from that 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 standpoint, you know, the the thought process was yes, we can. And based on everything of kind of where we were to the point of making the final decision, and then making it public, what was about, the uh, you know be, being able to to say I think we have the support from our fans to do it because they want to see something happen. When you see when you say you uh, you wanted to make sure that the last piece being the bottom experience, were you willing to? And I'm guessing that the answer is going to be a hundred percent. You could have made it um, what we know of and what we love in June. You could have made it in September. But was there a number you were willing to go with? Like if you could get it to eighty uh, percent, if it wasn't fully Bonnaroo, if could you? Could you skirt around the edges and lose a few things and miss a couple of things? If something fell through, could you could you make it work at seventy five percent? Can the car run? Can Bonnaroo run with a half tank of gas? Um, I don't know. We didn't have to make that call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's uh, you know, I think it all depends on you know, using your car analogy. Do you need the windshield? Well, if you're going twenty five miles down the you know twenty five miles an hour and you're only going two miles. Yeah, probably don't need a windshield. But if you're cruising down the highway, probably want that windshield. So I, I, that's where, you know, what I love about, I've always loved about the Bonnaroo team and even has even how it has evolved. Everybody is bringing their perspective to the table and everybody's opinion is valued in a sense of what the overall Bonnaroo experience is. I always say we are just the, you know, we get to make it happen. But, you know, it's the fans event. And we just get the pleasure and the joy of being able to produce it every year. So it is. It's thinking about what that is because we know, you know, this would have been the 19th year. So um, that is, you know, that's a it's it's a very none of that is weighed lightly on, on any one of us. We understand the power that we have with that decision making and never want to take anything for granted because uh, we want to make sure that our fans you know, are stay true to Rue and, and we deliver the product that is that is true to that. I think that's a great, great question, uh, Brad. And it, it sort of gets to the T-shirt. It gets to the whole Ken Weinstein, never not great. You know, <laughs> that came out of the whole 2016 conversation of uh, the numbers were down. It was still a great, a great Bonnaroo, um, which the, the idea that something would have changed were it to happen live in September would have had to because of what you said, school, um, 
I didn't think about really, you know, we got college football in Tennessee. You would have had state troopers pulled this way and that way. There would be a lot of considerations. Um, I, and you have to, I have to say it, this lineup was so good. How does that hurt? I mean, how bad does that hurt for you guys? It was a sellout, but the lineup was just amazing from the time it was announced. It, it, it does. It stings from the standpoint of even if, like, you know, what would have happened in, in September, or, you know, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the next iteration of it, even if it's 99% of the lineup, it's still only 99%. So it's like, it is the lineup that, 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 that won't, I don't, I don't think could ever a hundred percent make it there. Um, and that, yeah, that's a shame because there was a lot of it and it's, it's funny, we, you know, and we joked before, and I know we talked, you know, about the planting of grass and, you know, that's, it's not a, sexy thing no one's no one's gonna write home about it or jump on social and be like oh my god you know that fescue was amazing <laughs> um it's never gonna happen but like only me all of the I'm, only other the pieces, I'm the one who talks about yeah. it <laughs> but all of the other pieces that we had in place to go along with that lineup so i mean you talk about like the stars aligning it's like the perfect lineup operationally we're doing a lot of things visually we're going to be doing so many things and all of that paired together yeah, it's is it's a real blow not to be able to uh, to to keep those and, pieces and together. Just to, just, to, just to kick kick extra sand in the face. That weekend's <laughs> weather was amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, I remember that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it sucks. You know, uh, is there, I think it was like there, even better than the previous year, which was uh, by far and above oh the best weather year ever. Well, to to the weather to the weather point, is there is there a person in the room or or an active conversation that you know? September might be a better date anyway. It's not Bonnaroo. I mean, can, can you say that that conversation hasn't happened? I, you know, I'd be, I, I would be lying to say that it, it hasn't happened in that sense. But there is something, there's still something about, even as our world changes across the board on, on every facet, about summer escape. And yeah. I, I think that there is something to that because Bonnarooians, you know, revere Bonnaroo as it is my escape. And yeah. when other, you know, it's it's hard to have be able to, I think, collectively have that escape in another time of year. You can maybe have bits and pieces of it over holiday weekends or something else, maybe like a fall break. But to have that, the ability and the, almost the expectation to be able to shut down for a certain period of time and be in this this fantasy land yeah uh, I, I don't think you can take that away from the summer um you know it, it is one of those things do i think you can still have an amazing event um that, that probably uh will be successful i think you could uh but is it going to be everything that you want it to be no i it, well i mean i never say never but uh right well, is, 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 is Bonnaroo. i think that your points are you're totally right on target and but with the reason I sort of ask is because we're looking at reality in 2021 and, and, you know, we're, Coachella has already said that they're going to go to the fall um, for next year because they're not, you know, the country's not going to be ready by March probably. Um, if, if, if it's not already an active conversation that you guys are leaning into September of 2021 already, I would be stunned. I'd be stunned. 
so sure, you can you can probably say that June is is the right time for it, but is it the right time for it in 2021? To be determined. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, look, it's, it's an unanswerable yeah. question, in, yeah. in all honesty. But have you guys gone through the list of what you would need to do to, to even make June happen? Um, aside, like you said, the tiers of what you needed to, to happen in September, um, what is number one? What's the number one most important thing to happen between now and June for June to happen? A vaccine? Is it a vaccine? Is it is it the lineup? It's fancy. Is it? Yeah, it's it's one hundred percent fan safety, and it's how do we ensure a safe festival? We, you know, our, the mantra is if you can't produce a safe festival, you can't produce a festival. Doesn't matter how great the lineup is, doesn't matter how awesome the pyro is, doesn't matter all of those other pieces. It has to be a safe festival first, and that is where I, I think our heads are at. And it's it's just having the kind of the understanding, saying, you know, what is that step, and in terms of safety, it you know you, you could do a whole separate week-long podcast just dedicated to what that may be and it changes i mean that's that's the other difficult thing is yeah that's right you know as as we learn more about you know what the science is and what the medical community is saying about about it there is definitely a it adjusts our thinking in terms of what is the best approach to produce a safe event and so i think yeah. that is what um you know that's our focus right now is really the, producing a safe event let me right. let me jump on that because and, and we want to get to the Thursday event, the virtual event. Obviously, that's that's yeah, there's, what, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. I want to get into that, but this is a good logical sort of progression. Um, sort of ties into the question I'd asked earlier about that eight o'clock in the morning to noon sort of thing. What I mean. <sighs> To me, it, it sounds it's it would the analogy would be like trying to turn a giant ship around in a in a river, you know. There's so many elements that that are required for you guys to put this festival on, and you've had all of this happen. You've had you know the industry is shut down. You've had layoffs. You've had everything else like everybody else. So it's not, and, and this is something Brad and that we we've talked about on here. It's not just a simple matter of somebody blowing a whistle and saying, Hey, we're back, you know, we're back live. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about that. What, what's it going to take to get this ginormous thing uh, back? I mean, safety obviously is key. You know, and I think that's obviously the right answer, but I, I, I just want to maybe give people a sense of what all is sort of involved from, from your guys point of view to get this thing going, whether it's, June or September? There is no one. I mean, as you mentioned, it's not one thing. Um, I mean, it's, you know, un, I think having a better understanding of, of how uh, this can be controlled. Uh, I think the other piece of it is how receptive people are to it, things maybe potentially not being the same. I mean, we, you see how people react to wearing masks. Yeah. And so if we have to institute a, a a mask policy to where everyone is wearing masks because they're traversing around the grounds, will it be adhered to? Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, there, there definitely is. Yeah, it, exactly. And so it isn't one thing. I mean, it isn't, it, there has to be a vaccine. You know, there isn't like, there has to be a, a four-step treatment plan to where, you know, you're going to be good and you're not, you're not, you know, uh, 
uh, spreading it in, in, in a certain way. There's there it's there's multiple factors that are going into it, and um, you know some of it has to do with you know the lawmakers uh, in terms of each in each state. And, and I think Tennessee has been you know with the Tennessee pledge. I think there definitely has been some very positive examples of how they've moved forward uh, and have uh, instituted things that have been successful. And about the race in Bristol, um, I think went off. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, it went off uh, pretty flawlessly, and there hasn't there hasn't been anything coming back on that yet. There's been you know you've seen other examples of like Chase Rice incident, or what happened with the chain smokers. So it isn't just simply I don't want to say our call because ultimately it is our call on whether or not we decide to move forward with things, but it's taking all of the various information points and just being able to make the most qualified decision and is one of those points large enough to basically derail it and cause us to say okay we're not ready yet and you know is it all five factors can we deal with having four out of the five or which four out of the five make it yeah. work uh and that's you know i, I would say that's it, it changes very and I, and I wish i could i wish i could say you know it's like a vaccine we're in because we still could have a vaccine and still not be ready because right. the vaccine has not been able to hit, you know, a penetration point of seventy percent of the U.S. That's population, right. and that's, and that's going to be it. You know, where, you know, do we feel like people entering the grounds maybe after? Because I, I think we've you know, we've heard about ready ready uh, the the ready tests that you get results back in fifteen minutes. You know, is that part of it? I, I don't know. And, 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 and then and, and and by the way, the expense of that. Uh, for you know, a hundred thousand people is come on. Um, yeah. You know, if you, if you thought you know money was tight before, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you know, the the so let's put it in this weird last six months. Uh, have you done any of the virtual shows? Have you done any of the drive-in shows? You personally, have you been a part of any of them? Did you go to any of them? Have you liked any of them? Um. I, I personally have not been. I've, I've done a lot of virtual ones. So a lot of okay. our, our festival friends and, and, and competitors of I've watched. I, I'd say you know a lot of it's honestly I've watched just mainly from a research standpoint. To see yeah, sure. What has worked, what hasn't, what I like, what I dislike. I mean, we, that's one thing I would have to say we're very fortunate before going into you know talking about the virtual reality stuff. Is a lot of people pulled theirs off before we did, so yeah. uh, we got to learn from what others did. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Bonner's always been. Uh, you know, I think kind of setting the curve a lot of ways and uh, i think we're benefiting from like let's let other people uh, uh you know pull this thing off and then and then we'll go forward with it um and you know it's it, it's different you know i i would say how it's changed and where i see it evolving um i don't think virtual is going to be gone i think virtual in some form or fashion is going to really enhance the festival experience specifically for those that can't be on the grounds in in later years so i mean let's just go back to where you know festivals are at full capacity and running like normal i think there are going to be opportunities that the virtual space can really do some fun and interesting things because let's be honest we all have things that come up you know whether it's family obligations a vacation whatever it may be it causes you to miss a festival from you know from year to year uh and i think this may be the opportunity for folks to to try something different and still engage with the brand so i, well, I think there's a lot of opportunity for for that piece to kind yeah. of expand and, and when i think about it it's like this is the this is the first 
real go through with, with one of these. By the next time we go through some of these, it, look at the DNC and the RNC, right? Uh, they had to completely remake their entire presentation and it actually sort of made it better, you know? And they had to rethink every, like even the roll call had to be completely rethought. And it was brilliant and they're never going back to the way that they did it before. Um, you know, the first time that you do this, the first time that anybody does this is going to be, you know, a little strange, but then it could turn into a really impressive event, especially, you know, the way that it can grow, um, you know, putting, you know, I can, I can envision a world where you're, you're creating a virtual online festival and you're putting the, 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 the patrons, the listener, the viewer into it with you. Um, having them in and out of shows, introing shows, coming out, you know, the way that you can program it, you know, you can program any way you want to. Um, you know, it doesn't have to just be a list of, of artists and a list of bands, um, you know. Yeah. But we're learning that. We're learning how this is happening really on the fly and, and watching it grow has is, is been sort of neat. I mean, it's one of the, one of the side benefits, I guess, of this whole mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, everybody, everybody's figuring out why they do something. They're asking themselves why they do it, what works, what doesn't work, and then they're making it better, which is, you know, typically, well, hopefully, what we do. Well, to right? me, the, the, the best move that you made for the virtual reality was uh, the Beasties. I think that the, the thing that got me this summer the most out of anything was the Beastie Boys documentary. Um, it's the one thing that I think that I, I, I mean, you can scream Tiger King all you want to. But for me, it was it was the Beastie doc documentary. And then, you know, the day that Barry watched it, he called me afterwards. He's like, I didn't realize the last show they ever played was Bonnaroo. Yeah. Uh, and being able to watch that whole thing through. I mean, we were 20 feet from the stage at that show. Uh, it was really one of the most magical moments of our of our life, especially if you grew up with the Beastie Boys. Putting that on there, that was that was a good move. That I'm was really smart. looking forward to watching yeah. that again this it weekend. It is. I'm so excited for people to see. I mean, like you just talking about it, Brad, like goosebumps when one yeah. of my arms again. It it was an amazing set, and then to have the impact of what it will mean to Beastie Boys fans uh, across the world, uh, I'm really excited about it. It's you know, there's other ones. I mean, like the Dave Matthews set that, that we've got on there too. Um, you know, their campus set. It's one of their favorite sets of all time, really? and it's. I think it's because that the level of uh the, the special guest and everybody who came to be a part of that show um, this is the Anne friend show right yeah is this the Anne show? yeah yeah it's something special i mean if you really look at all of the archival sets there's something special in there and it's that's one of the questions that i've received a lot is like you know there's a lot of things going back in some of the earlier years why not some of the stuff that you know you know over the past two or three years and i'm like not to say that, you know, we didn't have some amazing sets in the past years because we have. I mean, some mind-blowing sets have happened. Yeah. But if you look at some of the technology and what people are kind of capturing, you know, even on YouTube and what phone technology has and, and things along those lines, that didn't happen back in 06. That That's didn't right. happen back in 05 and 09. And I think that is another piece of why we decided to dive a little back further into the archives is some of these things people have never seen before unless That's you right. were there or right. we, we put it included in like a, you know, some of our earlier documentaries that we used to it's, put out. James Brown comes to mind. I mean, yeah. I, guys here on the radio were just talking. Yeah, I missed that. I was one of those. I stayed at <laughs> camp. I, they were thinking James Brown, you know, eh, mm -hmm. 
seen him. He's old. Why would I go to that? And then everyone come, came back and like, oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, yeah. we, what we've noticed, Jeff, um, I think to our total surprise is that most of the people that we have listening to this podcast are not the lifers like we are. They are the, they're more of the Russ, the Lord Tacos of the world, where this is our third Bonnaroo, or, you know, uh, yeah, of course they want McCartney to come back because they didn't see him the first time, and that feels like yesterday to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, right. to me, I think, I think the magic is, is going back to the roots and where some of these, like, first shows started. Like, man, EOB was, I know Lord Taco is really excited about the EOB show, uh, and, and so was I, but his post the other day, I mean, that one about kicked me in the gut his instagram post was he got a 2006 bonnaroo poster in the mail and he said one of my absolute favorite gigs of all time uh was that uh, that first radiohead show at bonnaroo um that's where some of that magic is and even if you found it the last two years boy it was birthed you know so long ago so yeah, yeah stay stay with that old stuff i i think that uh you can't you can't miss with the hits. You can't miss no, with the well, hits. You hit the hits, and then where I think we were able to, again, you know, being able to look at it from the standpoint of we got to watch what others did. That's where we went after the 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 I'd say the more fresh stuff or the the more new stuff with original content that is coming into the appearances box. So I think that's when we're able to leverage, you know, our relationships to do, you know, like Chromio's new project and to have, you know, some of the other things, you know, where, where Tank of the Bangas and uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones and, and some of your... Tank of the Bangas you know, literally across the street from me. I can wave to him if you want me to. Yeah. <laughs> so I think having some of that, that, that piece into the mix, um, that's where you're going to get, you know, it's the good, the good, I mean, the, the, the new stuff, as well as some of the, the archival footage that all placed together and then some of the original programming i'm i'm really excited for a lot of people to hear some of our campfire tales oh good uh, they're coming out there and then you know even the more the philanthropic stuff uh you know we're doing with uh, the cheers to live and, and bacardi where you know we're hitting you know some of the uh, national historic theaters in the state of tennessee oh, and good. giving them an opportunity to you know do something fun let's take a drink break mix a drink and then um and then be able to you know uh share that and as a fundraising opportunity for those uh, for those nonprofits, uh, and then the donkey dance party. I mean, I think it, we are staying true to Rue from the right. standpoint of we're even doing different things. Like, hey, listen, bands on a stage is fun. This new content's fun, but let's get up and dance with our pets. Like, yeah, it's just gonna be fun. That's I, good. That's really good. Stuff. That's really good. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, I'm sure our call's coming any minute. You know, I'm sure we can, we'll take a call. We'll be there whenever you need. I'm sure it's going to be coming any minute now. Any minute. Um, but yeah, like a, a small little box. I, I think about the idea of, of me just sitting at the house in a bathrobe and having my own robe party uh, <laughs> while I do it, right? Um, I thought that I thought that was just Thursday at the uh, Steiner house. You know, I have, uh, uh, mine actually just arrived today. Oh yeah. So I, I like I like all like all the other Bonnaroovians. I made the pre order back in uh, what, July August, and um, my my care package uh, yeah. just arrived today that I that I that I ordered to support support the cause myself. Does, does oh, the good. robe match the uh, banana suit? Are we going to two different? Uh... That, that sounds like <laughs> a sexual euphemism. It does. It does. It does. Now, does. That I, now that I hear it in my own head. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, those those specialty things for people who have never been to Bonnaroo, they they probably don't understand how it is so much more than just the shows. The shows are amazing, but it's the special events, it's the experiences, it's the camping, it's the whole thing. And you guys um, uh, have always taken that. I always have felt as seriously as everything else. Those those extra things don't feel like they're just sort of put there to fill out, you know, somebody's day. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, they're, they're very important. And if uh, you do not leave the, the stream and go make big Frida's booty pop and potatoes, like (laughs) we have failed. I, I got to see the rough cut of it and I was like, and that's what we're eating for dinner tonight. And wow promptly made some booty pop and potatoes and Man, you're talking about all of my neighbors right now it's like Frida's around the corner too right she's just coming to new orleans we can do all this together she was when, very kind enough to deliver uh, when, her recipe for that and I, I i can't thank her enough how long how long did it take to put the whole thing together oh god uh is it still being done it's frankly. not finished yeah we're yeah, out of yeah, we've got some pieces uh, that are still that are still being finalized. Uh, we've got a campfire tale, one last one that is getting edited as we speak. Uh, that we should be able to see. That I can't wait. I've I've heard bits and pieces, but not the full story together uh, from um, from a special guest that uh, that, that will be great. Okay. Um, now, what yeah, fire are you talking about? Because there's no fires at Bonham. Remember, it's a virtual you can't set campfire. A campfire. Virtual uh, campfire. Okay. Yeah. All right, just we're virtual. Show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of speaking of things you can and can't do uh, at Bonnaroo, I'm just you know I'm I'm not gonna insinuate or, or jump to conclusions, but uh, there's an arch behind you, uh, Jeff. Wondering when that was coming. Arch. Just <laughs> been waiting for that question. So somebody yeah. can make their own assumptions. <laughs> uh, you know that's I I, I, w- I will let you jump to con- you know yeah, play sure. your jump to conclusions matt and make any conclusions you want right whatever whatever easter eggs you want to drop that's fine yeah. by me. um what is the uh just as, as the future going into the future knowing that it's going to be very difficult to figure out you know what happens we haven't figured out what happened the last six months the hell what we know about the next six months so after the reality thing comes and goes and and you know you debrief on all of that uh, what's in the next process for you guys? What happens next? I'm going to Bonnaroo 2021. So, you know, I mean, that's where we, we are focused on, you know, getting, having the most amazing virtual festival that, that we can produce out there uh, and, and still focus then on then turn our, turn our attention to 2021 and, and, and celebrate our, our 20th anniversary. So uh, I think that's going to be our, our next big thing. We're going to take all the information and everything that we've got and make, uh, the best decisions we can for the festival moving forward. But, you know, right now it, it is, that's, that's how we have to look at it is, you know, we're, we're full steam ahead. On that uh, roller coaster, if you will, we were talking about earlier. How does that feel? Can you, can you, do you feel confident you have a picture of what 2021 looks like, or does it feel like that 8 a.m. noon to four type of thing still? You know, there's one thing I learned, I don't want to say early on, because it definitely wasn't early on in, in this whole process, is the speculation. I, I just have to kind of remove it. 
and and really focus on what we can control and, and where we can push things. And, and for us, there is every year we look at how we can make Bonnaroo and any festival we produce better. And the one thing I will take away from this time is the amount of focus and attention we've been able to put towards it and really thinking about all of those minute details uh, as, as we joke about grass and other things are, are where, where can we reprioritize stuff? What now when you have, you know, more than like you're dedicated almost meeting time to have a discussion about this and then pull certain pieces back together. Um, I think we've been able to really reflect on some of those big, you know, bigger pieces and, and, and smaller ones and how that whole puzzle puts together. And so I, I remove, you know, some of the, the speculation and, and, and what to think about and push it more towards, here's what I can control and yeah. here's what our team can control and here's how we're gonna move forward on what we can control. And once, uh, you know, decisions can get made based off of new science, new new leadership, new whatever it may be, then we will move forward with that. Well, you know, we'll have our, our, our plans and then our contingency plans in place, but that's every festival. So it doesn't, I mean, take, take pandemic take whatever you want off the table there's always going to be something there's always going to be something that we have to pay attention to that we have to uh make sure that we're aware of and think about how it impacts us but uh last, year you, had, last time, year you had to deal with the las vegas shooting and exactly. how that changed you know your security plans yes uh, weather i get uh, i get yeah, that yeah. And so, but wise, wise guy, uh, wise man once told me that uh, don't show me your values, show me your budget. Uh, how does how does your how does the things that you want to accomplish, if this was a normal year, do with the budget restrictions? Are there budget restrictions? What has twenty twenty done to the overall uh, bank account? Um, because I know it's done to my business's bank account. Uh, <laughs> I know it's done to so many small businesses' big bank account. Um, I think that, you know, it's no secret. You guys are under the, the umbrella of Live Nation, but we all know what Live Nation's having to go through and what the entire industry's having to go through. So um, how does the budget work in all? I mean, the budget's always going to be a factor of it. I mean, there, there's a certain amount. I mean, we may have to make some tough decisions at, at, at times uh, to be able to make it work. But, you know, in my opinion, it's, it's no different really than any other year. I mean, every year, you know, there is a budget. And here's the budget that you have to stick to. And, and if there is a, a deviation for whichever reason for the budget, you know, there's got to be a damn good reason. But, you know, prior to Live Nation and then with Live Nation, that's always that's always the case. I mean, if you're if you're trying to build a successful business is, you know, being mindful of that. Um, I think, you know, I know Live Nation knows the sensitivity as well as the uh what they have in, the, in an asset like Bonnaroo. And they have never stepped in from a standpoint of like forcing it one way or another because it's so special. And it's taken, you know, all of these 19 years to get to this special place. And now it is our, it is our opportunity, it's our you know, pleasure to be able to keep pushing this thing forward and uh, continue to make it uh, and, and improve upon it. So that part doesn't concern me, I think, you know, Again, there, there are realities in terms of financials that we'll have to think about. But um, I, coming out on the other side of this, I look we we look at more of the opportunity. And if we didn't have the backing and we weren't under the Live Nation umbrella, I, I would probably be way more concerned yeah. about that question than I, I am now because you know, it's a global organization. 
and and that is you know that's we've got amazing leadership at the helm there and uh it's going to you know it's going to allow us to make the best decisions to keep um this amazing event um going how much does in the along those same lines and it's maybe an obvious question but how much does the fact that you guys own the farm um play into long-term future and goals does that help tremendously because you're kind of in control does it you know does it is it a level of commitment you know it's not a rental you know what i mean is that does that make sense oh yeah yeah no it does make sense and it's extremely helpful uh you know it it'll, it makes it we, we drive the schedule versus you know if you're going into let's just say an arena or another another facility you've got to worry about everything else they're booking and you know and what else could be in the schedule for 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 that particular space we are the schedule we make the Mm -hmm. schedule and so that has it has been a blessing for us from from everything from capital improvements to our decision making process it is it's one less decision we have to worry about in terms of moving things around shuffling them or you know when we start the build how we do the build and it is with that side and owning it, we can protect Bonnaroo in a way that perhaps if we didn't own the site, we wouldn't have that, wouldn't have that ability. So, you know, and Brad, let me, let me say before you got on, we were just chatting taco and, and Jeff and I, and I, I think the quote was you would rather do six or seven (laughs) live Bonnaroo's than one virtual Bonnaroo. Yes. It's that much work, huh? It is. It is. I mean, yes. And, And I would say, Probably if I was a seasoned veteran at producing virtual music festivals like I am about producing <laughs> physical festivals, I may not feel that same exact way. Um, but you kind of don't know what you don't know. And we've been very lucky to have, you know, have a team and some very skilled people within our team uh, that, that, you know, do know that space extremely well. But all of it's changing, too. I mean, the number of new platforms that came up from March to now is almost mind-numbing. So yeah. you're just trying to make a decision on what platform you're going to go with and why you're going with a different platform. Do you charge? Do you not charge? I mean, all of those various things, I think probably put a lot of it at play. Plus, you know, let's be honest with, you know, this type of virtual festival and trying to do new things, there are still limitations because people aren't traveling. It's not like you can with your typical event. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the Emmys last night, but the fact that, you know, people were making their acceptance speeches at home and things along those lines, you couldn't even do, we couldn't even do like an NBA bubble. You know, like that's not even possible uh, with this type of thing. So you tack on the fact that that's, we don't produce virtual festivals. uh, And then you throw in all of the uh, hurdles uh, to kind of get there. It, it just made it very, well, very challenging. Well, then, then to that point, who's who's actually, who's the director? Who's the producer? Who's actually making the whole operation work? You still got the same team. Um, and it's just, I, I would say our production team, um, you know, led by Daniel Gibbs is, you know, he's the, 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 the heavyweight kind of in that, in that make sure that, that kind of understands how the pieces work. But you still got talent buyers because the talent buyers have to interact with the artists to get the permissions to be able to play archival set or do new stuff. You still have, you know, our partnerships team talking to the various brands that are helping to, you know, make sure everything functions and works together and come up with the integration ideas to, to say, you know, how does that authentic and, you know, staying true to who we are as Bonnaroo. Um, what other cool things and different things can we be doing that is just 
you know, that, that stays um, unique to the festival branding, as we mentioned. I mean, big free to do booty popping potatoes doesn't work at a lot of other events and it does work for us. So it's being able to have that type of stuff. You still had a lot of your same team. It's just causing us to think in a way that is right. not physical, but virtual. And then what opportunities come into play. And, and I'll be honest, I wish we had, you know, probably six more months because there were probably about a solid 10, 15 other ideas that would have been amazing. Yeah. Uh, to execute had we had more time. And I think that's, you know, it kind of speaks to where we're going, the opportunity is endless. And so yeah. a lot of some of these ideas that we came up with, like, that's awesome. Let's put a pin in that one. And then we're going to come back to it because potentially we use it for the 20th anniversary, potentially use it for ways to interact with fans as we are moving forward for leading into the physical event. And uh, so I, I take the blessing of this entire exercise as one expanding skill set and two forcing us all to think in a way that I don't want to say is uncomfortable, but you know, isn't second nature like producing large scale event is. So you didn't hire so what I'm learning is that you didn't go outside your your basic operation to hire like a director or somebody who does videography for uh, a living. You didn't go outside the bubble to, to make this work. No, I mean, the majority, I'd say just about everything is internal. All the skill set was internal. It's just taking that skill set and saying, instead of this, reimagining it. Yeah, reimagine it to this. And so that's what I think the beautiful thing was is you have in, in a number of, I mean, so many talented people on our team that, you know, to make this, to make this happen, um, they all had the skills. Everyone had the skills. It's just a matter of we haven't had to use the skills in that fashion. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's been kind of the fun is is to really kind of have the conversations with team members and be like, but wait a minute, we're you know walls are down. We can we can do whatever we want. Um, now we just have to stay within budget. Did you do anything on the farm? Uh, there are some pieces that that may have happened on the farm. Okay, all right, interesting. I have a uh, so back to Gr- Brad's point about the fact that you know we've done this for a long, long time and a lot of people don't. I think you told me last year during one of our interviews that what 60 percent of people are new each year is that am i getting that number about right it's it's about right when you look at it it didn't return from last year yeah so okay but of those 60 percent i don't want to quote numbers here there's a good chunk of that 60 percent that maybe didn't come last year but have been to a bonnaroo before so So, because in our mind we it's the same people every year you know (laughs) because it is um and, and it's an unfair question, but I, I'm going to ask it anyway. For those of us who are familiar and used to it a certain way, can you look into a crystal ball or whatever? What do you think it looks like? Is it going to be somewhat similar? Not at all similar? I mean, is this pandemic going to completely change? It's hard for me to imagine 80,000 people like we have in the past on the farm given everything um what are you guys thinking i think it it will return and i don't want to say to normal because normal you know if you if you just look back in the, in the context of history normal is whatever today is it, it changes every day from that standpoint um i think what if if this has taught taught us all something is to 
don't skip out on those opportunities. Take those chances because you may spend the next six months in your house and not able to do so. So take advantage of the ability to have the experiences you have. Don't don't take it for granted um, because it can be fleeting and it can go away. Um, so will it be the exact same? Probably not. But if you go back, you know, was Bonnaroo, how we ran Bonnaroo in 2019, was it the same as 2018? No. Yeah. It wasn't. And, you know, was 2018 the same as 2006? Hell no, it wasn't. You know, we, we've, you know, the core of it was there and it will always be there. But how those pieces kind of work together change. And and, and I think you, you may see a more of a drastic change, not even drastic, but, you know, more of a perceivable change from, you know, 2019 to 2021 or, you know, even even moving forward. It, it may not be as slight, but th there will be change. Um, but I I have faith in people that we are are just dying to come back together and to be yeah. together. And ultimately, if it means we're all wearing face masks and we're doing, you know, hopping on one foot, then we're all going to wear face masks and hop on one foot because we are we are a tribe and the tribe wants to dance and to sing and to eat and break yeah. bread and, and just be together and, and I so I, I think we will we will overcome and, and it will be it'll be great. It'll be amazing. Man, Jeff Quayer, eternal optimist. He's got much more optimism than I do. That's never not, not that's it's never sure. not great. Yeah. It's never not great. And that's the point of what I, that whole sixty percent sort of thing is those guys don't know what last year was like. Yeah. You know? It's just where they are today. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think that gets lost sometimes. I know Brad and I both, we've had those kind of aha moments. Like, well, they weren't there in 2013. They don't know, mm -hmm. you know. You mean, when, just, you mean when they moved the hill? When Is they moved the hill. When they yeah. moved the hill. Jeff, uh, you know, I, I, you know this. We love you, and we so appreciate your time. Uh, we value it immensely. And, uh, you know, you drop a, a lot of knowledge on us every time you stop by. So, you know. Yeah, keep, keep keep the positivity, man, because uh, it, see, seeing the election thing play out and watching what's happening around, you know, the what's around us at every turn uh, ain't easy. It ain't easy no. to keep that up. So uh, vote. get yeah. out and vote. Mm -hmm. if, you can, if you can work the polls, go work the polls, because if you, if you don't vote, you, you don't have the right to complain. You got to go vote. Well, thank you for everything and the time. And man, I, I we can't thank you enough. And, and hopefully, we'll see you soon. Also, yeah, we miss you especially this weekend, right? We'll all be uh, hanging out watching the Beast. Yeah, this together. weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. I miss I miss you and your banana suit. And Jeff? that's not a euphemism, my damn it. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> Do you know is uh was is PBR coming back? Uh, <laughs> this year, can you? Can you, you know, the thing that he matters matters the most to Taco. He's waited an hour. He's waited yeah. an hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all, all I can say to that is that we will always have delicious, amazing beer uh, on tap and in cans. Um, and I'll stress the, the to me. cans part. <laughs> always. <laughs> thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Hey, and uh, California now. We didn't California. even get into that. Yeah, yeah Jeff we, lives we in meant California. To, we meant to turn left. I did. I, I live. Uh, I live in the Bay Area, not just outside of San Jose. Um, my wife is now a professor at San Jose State. Uh, we wow. intended on going back to the southeast, and uh, we took a wrong turn. Yeah. And um, yeah, just we're here. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we're all. They gave us a nice warm fire welcome. 
You got, yeah, out, no, of that, got out of that cold so, Chicago. So <laughs> this yeah. is great. You you moved to a new city during a pandemic. Uh, I got to I got to New Orleans two days after Mardi Gras and ten days before everything shut down. I didn't get festivals. I didn't get jazz fest. I didn't get Mardi Gras. I didn't get. So now I'm just in a, in a you know, you watching ferns grow. Essentially, yeah. I'm watching yeah. ferns grow. All right, <laughs> Jeff. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate it. See you, so see you guys this weekend uh, virtually. Yeah, I can't wait. Enjoy uh, as we enjoy enjoy all of it. Blast! Excellent. All right, guys, we're gonna do intros and outros. Yeah, we'll do an intro, yeah. uh, and then then I'm good to go. Do you need me for this or my my? We do not. All right, thank no. You. Thank you so thank much you. for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. There you go, Jeff Quayart on the What Podcast. Uh, another amazingly brilliant chat from Jeff. Always seems to put things in perspective for us. Uh, I think that my favorite part of that was hearing Barry's uh, ship analogy. I really did enjoy that. It's sort of like making a ship turn in a river. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. I thought that was important, and the fact that he would not give up whether the arch was coming back or whether PB uh, Paps was coming back. PBR was coming. Paps back. is coming back. Well, I think that we all knew. If you know, I put it this way, you can tell who wasn't a, the biggest fan of the Squarch. Uh, no matter who they were, whether they inside the building, outside the building, you could just tell the way that they they talk. Um, some people like the Squarch. Other people, you know. Well, but. But Make to the clear. PBR and the uh, the Squarch thing, he turn, he puts his hat on because he was the one who had to put lipstick on that pig, <laughs> if you remember last year. <laughs> and he did uh, as good a job as he could do. You know what? It's, it's, we're all just trying to make a paycheck, okay? We're just trying to get that paycheck signed. Maybe needs new shoes. I We've got Patreons to thank. Let's go down the line. Timothy Proctor, Aaron Carlson, Leslie Condor, David Grimes, Phil Hanley. Chloe Hannon, Benjamin Wells, Tori, Musical Antlers, and Mary T. Styler, Melanie, and Jesse Feldman, Parker Reed, Dan Sweeney, Joshua Herndon. Lauren Edholm, Nick Yeatman, Tyrone Basket, Evan Brown, and Ross McNamara. William Richards, William Wilhoyt, Sean McCarthy, Ryan Matthewson, Chelsea Davis. Lucy Young, Jason Hazelbaker, DK, Linda Doles, Jacob Marty, and Andrew T. McBride. Justin Nigro, David Solano, Catherine Riccio, Meredith Rittman, DJ Bryce Brinston. DJ Batman. is one of our new ones, as it's is new Kyle. Ones. Yeah, as is Kyle Boyle, Riley Benson, Madison Hudzikio, Zisco. Please let me know how to say that, Madison. Daniel and Charlotte Horton, and Sean McCain. With David Henson, Brooke Tussie, and Ella. So thank you guys for uh, being so supportive. By the uh, way, it's it's Liesel. It's Liesel. Liesel. What did I say? You said Leslie. I didn't say Liesel. No, you said you said uh-huh. you said you said it wrong. She's been um, on our show. Sorry, we had her on the Liesl. show. She said it wrong with Diesel. I I thought I said it right. That's my problem. Uh, right. Now that's how I got to end it. I've got to end it with that <laughs> big fat failure. All right, fine. Well, if you want to do it again, you can. <laughs> I'm good. I'm she good. got her name mentioned two or three times. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else to get to before we uh, wrap up for today? No, I am looking forward to watching that Beastie Boys set. Do they have the uh, set times out yet? Did they put that that's, out. Is that's that a great question. I don't think I've seen a schedule. You know that was. You know what? We should have somebody on to talk about this and ask them questions like this. That would be important to know. <laughs> All right, I'm on it. Set that up. Yeah. All right. We'll talk All to right. you next time on the podcast. Love you. Bye. Right. Bye.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.